How's it going, everybody? And welcome to Just Nobody's Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan. And I'm your host, Daniel. And today we're doing a podcast. Woo! If you're new to the channel, please hit the subscribe button and also hit the like button. If this video gets 7,000 likes, we're going to be giving away one of these things. <laughs> a hot toy. A hot toy is a very detailed, collectible, very desired. I mean, come on. Look at this Deadpool. Look at his swords. Look at his weapons. Very functional. Very realistic. And everyone should have one. Okay, those swords are actually kind of sharp, though. They are. You can cut yourself on. Yeah. So uh, don't don't uh, be careful with Deadpool swords. <laughs> but if you want one, make sure you comment something that you like about Just the Nobodies or a suggestion of what you want us to talk about next week. To my next point. That's why you should comment what we should talk about next week. Because we're going to take your guys' suggestions from last week. And we're talking about it this week. So make sure you comment for next week's podcast. So let's get into it. Big week this week. A lot of people want to go see Black Panther Wakanda Forever. There's a yes. lot of early reactions. I have not seen them. I have stayed away from the reactions. Well, I was just, I was, I was planning on going through and telling you the well, No, let's go through them. Okay. So for everyone who doesn't want to know, there's a lot of reactions online. A lot of people know what happens in the movie. And if you're one of those people, you should probably skip ahead in the podcast because I'm going to lay it on you. I'm going to, oh, I'm going to yeah. tell everybody what's been said. All right. Okay. So basically what is going around right now is that. One, it's a very good tribute to T'Challa. Okay, right? that's good to hear. And it's very cathartic and it's very emotional. I assumed that it was going to be very emotional. I won't like say who the person is, but I'll read one of them right now. This is a verified uh, reviewer. Okay. So this person says, I know you don't believe when people come out of a world premiere and say a movie is awesome, but Black Panther Wakanda Forever is a fantastic sequel and a great movie. I knew it'd be emotional and it was. Expect your eyes to leak Great job, Ryan Coogler. Oh, man. Um, let's see. Well, that kind of gave me, like, chills. Because I, I know it's going to be an emotional movie. Yeah. Another thing. Wakanda Forever is excellent. An immensely powerful story of foraging forward, shattering at times, but also beautifully cathartic and heartening. Cannot get over how well the film earns that title. Interesting. Okay, another one. Wakanda Forever is outstanding. It handles loss, grief, and revenge with a maturity and seriousness rarely seen in the MCU. There's an interesting word there. Revenge. revenge. That's what I was thinking about. So if that's the case, T'Challa might d be killed. Yeah. And, you know, the survivors like Shuri, Mbaku, right? Nakia. Right. May have to get revenge. Yeah, it's like a them. revenge story. Yeah, so revenge is a very key word. That's interesting. I think that's something that we have to really keep in mind. Angela Bassett crushed it, apparently. People are saying that she deserves an Oscar. Wow. So that's huge because, you know, superhero movies generally don't ever get any recognition at the Oscars. Black Panther Wakanda Further is, is an emotional journey well worth the wait. I really love that movie. Neymar is a force. Better than I hoped. So much to discuss. I'm excited to see Namor. Yeah, everyone's everyone's reaction is saying Namor is the best. Namor stole the screen. Like yeah. Namor is doing all this stuff, and I'm like, wait a second. Like, what? A, there's somebody. I, he must be really good then. Right. I mean, just from the trailer footage, he looks really good. Everyone's also saying Rihanna's "Lift Me Up" will really make it even more emotional. Another great post-credit scene that's genuinely a draw jaw dropper. Don't know about Oscars. Oh, wow. It's all about the post-credit scene, man. Post-credit scene. I know the post-credit scene, but I'm not oh, going to say it. You know it? I know what happens. It got spoiled for you? Kind of. Oh, that kind of sucks. But it is truly emotional, and I think it's going to... It sets up some big things. Oh, man. Okay, moving on. Wakanda Forever is fantastic. Kugler delivers a soulful, wondrous sequel that packs an emotional punch, effectively explores relevant world themes, 
a beautiful tribute to Bozeman's legacy. Letitia Wright's performance is great. Mid-credit scene is really moving. Mid-credit scene. So there's only wow. apparently there's no like post-credit scene. It's a mid-credit scene. Oh, that's the only one. Yeah. Okay. There was a post-credit scene that was cut from the movie. Really? And the post-credit scene that was cut from the movie, we've actually already talked about. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh, are you serious? But I understand why they cut it now because it would overshadow the movie. Because if that happened, that's the only thing we would all be talking about. I mean, obviously we would be talking about what an amazing movie is. But we would be so distracted by the post-credit scene that it would take away from the film. Okay. Because if I'm thinking of the thing you're talking about, then you're right. Yeah. It would take away. It's that. It's that? It's that. Whoa. So, I mean, that's what I read online. I don't know if, if it was actually in place and they decided to pull it out. Uh -huh. But from what I read is that it was supposed to be in and they took it out recently. Interesting. Um, let's see another one. Black Panther Wakanda Forever was an epic emotional roller coaster of adventure. Cried numerous times and they have no shame. Letitia Wright's performance as Shuri was one for the age, a complete elevation of her previous times. To be honest, I don't cry for movies, you know what I mean? But I feel like for this, even watching the trailer, I was like, wow, this is like gonna hit hard. Yeah. It's everyone's even like saying, like even John Campe was talking about how like a lot of people are saying that the performance, and I think Warren Thompson, shout out to Warren Thompson, Warren Thompson from the Cosmic Wonder, I think he said something like um, that the cast did such a good job, it wasn't even acting. It was so like emotionally driven that the acting that is captured on screen seems so real because they wow. are grieving the loss of T'Challa. Right. Oh so my god. We'll gosh. see. I think we're in for a treat. I think we are for sure. So all in all, I'm very excited. I think we're all going to be It's 2 hours and 40 minutes by the way, too. Oh wow. Like, it's a long movie. So it's going to be interesting. I'm glad they're doing that because I feel like there's a lot of explaining to do, right? You have to explain what happens yeah. to T'Challa. You have to explain who takes over. Mm -hmm. And if it's Shuri, you have to explain how she learned how to fight so good. That is true. That is true. Right? I mean, you have to... How do you go from not really knowing how to fight... Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're climbing on walls, like, jumping, right. cutting up people? It is, it is... Yeah, they do have to explain a lot. Yeah, so we have to understand that whole revenge. The whole revenge story. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. The word revenge. Revenge. For me, when I'm just watching the trailer, right? You're, you're just very, like, emotional. You don't think of revenge. No. I didn't think it was going to be a revenge story. Whatever they do with T'Challa's death has to lead towards this whole, like, revenge for the rest of them. Yeah. Make sure you guys watch Black Panther Wakanda Forever. It's going to be amazing. And I know that there's been a lot of, you know, it's been an uphill uphill battle uh, trying to get these Phase 4 movies right. But I feel like this one's going to really do its, do its justice. Yeah, I have high hopes for this. High hopes. Okay, so moving on to some happy news. Sad news. Sorry, I, I don't know what I'm saying. It's it's happy, but it's sad. So, like, there's this dog, okay? The dog's name is Eclipse. Eclipse? And every day, it goes on the bus, uh -huh. and it always knows that after four stops, it gets off the bus because that's where the dog park is. This dog's going by itself on yeah. the bus? The dog goes by itself on the bus, knows when to get off the bus to go enjoy at the dog park. Are you serious? No, I'm serious. It goes on the bus, and it knows after four stops, I have to get off, and I can go to the dog park. Yeah. Are you serious? But what's really sad is it passed away. Oh, oh my. Eclipse passed away. See, this is what's so bad, right? If, if I were to tell you about this story, right, about this dog that gets on the bus on its own, goes to the dog park by itself, like, why couldn't they release that news earlier, right? Why do you have to sh tell all these great stories about this dog 
that dies and then once it dies you tell his amazing life you know so they didn't know about this dog really until it died apparently so well that, based on the news articles <sighs> that's really sad eclipse was it was a beautiful soul that's insane though that the dog was that smart right like it it knew when to get on the bus knew when to get off the bus and knew when to go back home yeah i don't think i've ever seen a dog do that besides no. like like a hachi story yeah right but hachi was just stuck at the train station right yeah this dog is going from its house to the bus stop onto the bus stopping four times making sure it counts four stops gets off and goes plays with the other dogs at the dog park yeah and then after full days of work it heads back home Goes to sleep and does the next thing every day. Every day? Yeah. That's insane. It's sad, though. Yeah, that is really sad. Eclipse, you'll be missed. I'm sorry we never had the chance to know you, but your legacy lives on. That's a really cool story. Okay, so on to a happy, happy news story that has no sadness. No sadness. Okay. We have a bakery in California have just designed a real-life Han Solo stuck in carbonite out of bread what life-size model of han solo okay yeah and they made it out of like bread are it, you serious it's like a, the whole like the pose like yeah stuck in the it's a huge piece of bread <laughs> in the shape of that it's just bread yeah nothing else nothing else i mean it's edible what they yeah. must be really big star wars fans because that i feel like that's a lot of work i mean it's getting a lot of attention online because obviously how do you do like who even thinks that i mean life-size yeah, that thing was it. huge in the movie. Yeah. It's just like that. It's taller than the guy who made it. Yeah. And it's bread. It's bread. You how do you even have an oven it. to cook that? I don't know. I always wonder that. Even like when they make the world's largest pizza. Like how do you cook that? Yeah. How do you do that? Yeah, there's no way there's like the world's largest oven. Like you know. <laughs> like you don't, you don't own the world's largest pizza. I guess you would have to. You would think the world's largest pizza owner should also own the world's largest oven. But see, like the carbonite thing, the whole bread thing. How do you have the oven space to do that? You. They must have done it in like in like different batches right you can't do it all at once but then how are they are they like stuck together too like yeah, are they it's, connected it's one full piece see then that doesn't make sense because it needs to be baked together well there's got to be some way because <laughs> there's no way there's an oven that big <laughs> there's no way that thing's huge dude that's crazy i know they're saying that obviously this han solo bread sculpture won't live for long right uh -huh. it will have a short life right because right. it is indeed it's, it's edible. bread yeah <laughs> If it lasts forever, that'd be really scary because that's what we eat. Yeah. Okay, along with some MCU news, there's a lot of news that's slowly coming out. I mean, it seems like every day there's something new. Yeah, I mean, we just got the holiday special, Guardians of the Galaxy trailer the other day. Yes. And Groot is... Okay, ex explain to me how this makes sense. We saw Groot in Thor Love and Thunder. He was still like teenage Groot. Yeah. Holiday special takes place six months later yeah he's a grown man but okay but what was weird he still kind of has the teenage face yeah you know like he doesn't have the grown group face like we did in guardians of galaxy one right but how's he right he's all he's all jacked now yeah he's like definitely maybe he went from ages 13 to 18 pretty quick yeah or maybe he's 16 maybe he's like you know getting his bulk on yeah <laughs> it i don't know how they're gonna explain it maybe he absorbs like some trees <laughs> It's a little bigger. <laughs> it is funny, though, how he still kind of has, like, the baby face. Yeah. At first, I thought it was, like, someone wearing, like, a Groot mask. Right. But then I started thinking, I was like, oh, wait, that's Groot. That's, that's Groot. That's bigger Groot. <laughs> With this last Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, we all know that we want to see, like, the ultimate version of Groot. Like, him full-size, you know, going hard. Yeah, 100%. And they're going to show us that. Yeah, I, ho I hope so. And I think for, like, his character arc to have, like, a full circle moment, I think he should get to the ultimate Groot. 
size. Yeah. I think we need to see everyone just go all out. Yeah. It is the last Guardians movie, right? This is it. So we need to see them go all out. We need to see them take it to the max. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy, do you see how like James Gunn is now co-owner of oh it, my he's co-owner God. co-ceo of dc. of dc that is crazy crazy and henry cowell is now back as superman okay we saw black adam that was a pretty crazy reveal like the way they revealed it yes it was very like i need more yeah you definitely are like wow yeah it took you 10 years to get here <laughs> and you're here <laughs> you're here yeah i mean it was definitely a shocker in the theater yeah but it's really exciting henry cowell's back we know that James Gunn is going to be working for DC now. We saw what he did with the Suicide Squad. He did a phenomenal job. Oh my gosh. Suicide Squad 2. That, Suicide was, Squad a, 2. that was a great movie. It was. And I have to say, out of all the DC projects, it's definitely in the top two for the best films that DC's ever done. Yeah, 100%. And what's great about that is we know James Gunn's killed it with Peacemaker. He's killed it with you know, Suicide Squad. Mm-hmm. He's killed it on the Marvel side with all the things he's done. Yeah. So... It's only very, it's like only up for here for DC. Like, I feel like this whole stigma of like DC movies aren't that good. It's going to totally change now that James Gunn's here. Yeah. He's going to get unique characters that like not too many people know that are on the DC universe, make them become like stars, just like how he did with the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Right. He like took these unknown characters, not super big, right? Yeah. And made them the world's most loved superhero group. I mean, James Gunn's mind is just so powerful, I feel like, because he's done so many great projects. Yeah, he also is responsible for Scooby-Doo 1 and 2. See, like, that's how you know. Did you know that Scooby-Doo, I think it was Scooby-Doo 2, was actually supposed to be rated R? What? And it was rated R for a while. And then they had to make some edits and changed it to make it PG-13. I wonder what was rated R in that. Oh, they're, like, trying to, like, do, like, a lot of, like, inappropriate stuff. Oh. It was interesting because you could kind of see glimpses of it throughout the movie. But Interesting. We, they, there's hinting at, like, maybe a Scooby-Doo 3 and making it rated R. Okay, I would love to see a rated R Scooby-Doo. Yeah, why not? That would be amazing. Like, horror, thriller, fun, comedy. Yeah. Especially if James Gunn gets to do it. Yeah. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> Comment if you want to see James Gunn do Scooby-Doo 3. Justice for James Gunn. Justice for James Gunn. <laughs> oh, you know what's so interesting? I don't remember if I talked about this like a while back, but you know Spider-Man Freshman Year, like that new Disney Plus show? Yeah. So apparently it's coming out in 2024. 2024 is going to be a big year for Marvel, right? We got Fantastic Four. We got Deadpool. Ang- Deadpool. There's a lot there's, coming there's out. There's a lot in 2024. So apparently this Spider-Man Freshman Year story is going to follow Peter Parker but in this universe, Norman Osborn will be like his mentor instead of Tony Stark. So Tony, really? it's like as if Tony Stark never met him, like uh-huh. in Civil War, and Norman Osborn got him first. Interesting. So he's gonna have like technology from Oscorp. Yeah. But this is huge, right? Because it also shows like Norman Osborn exists in other universes, right? Which we already know. But already I feel like that, yeah. the fact that Marvel's introducing him as their version, right, in another universe, it's yeah. huge. That is huge because. He's probably coming, like, sometime down the line. Yeah, they're definitely going to drop him at some point. But I feel like it's probably going to be, like, after Kang. Yeah. Because when you think about it, it's hard to think of a Spider-Man story without Norman Osborn somewhere in the mix. Yeah. Like, they did a great job with the MCU Spider-Man, like, Tom Holland Spider-Man. But I feel like they need to tie in a Norman Osborn somewhere. The Green Goblin is such an iconic villain. Yeah. It's, it's like, you can't, you can't have Batman without the Joker. Right. You can't have Spider-Man without the Green Goblin. Like, it needs to happen. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. Ant-Man and the Quantumania is huge. And I have a theory. 
All right. Ooh. So do you know the crazy Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania theory? No. So we all know how many people are speculating that Ant-Man's going to die in this film because he's like the last like semi-original Avenger. But what if I told you there's even more evidence now that he's going to die? Oh boy. So we see in the new trailer that Cassie Lang is actually the reason why everyone has to go to the quantum realm because of her mistake. And it looks like Ant-Man will be killed by Kang because Ant-Man's story arc is coming to a close. Okay, I really hope he doesn't, but it does look like he's going to die. So there's a theory that Ant-Man will actually have to die for the future of the MCU Avengers. Wait, why does he have to die? Because in the comics, Ant-Man actually dies and Cassie Lang wants to get revenge because of her father's death. So she she like goes and joins slash starts the Young Avengers. And Marvel's already setting up this team. As we saw, like there's Wicked and Speed, there's Kate Bishop, there's Cassie Lang, there's America Chavez, Eli Bradley, and there's Kid Loki and Hulk's son Scar. So it's all leading up to making this Young Avengers team. It does seem like this movie is going to be a good send off for Ant-Man. Yeah, because when you think about his like the whole hero's journey thing, yeah, Ant-Man's character development has come full circle. Right. Yeah, you know, he started off as a criminal. He's made sacrifices, he's made changes, now he's become the hero, now he's coming back, he helped with the Avengers in Avengers Endgame, mm -hmm. right, bringing everybody back, so... It might be his time. It might be his time. But, you know, he could always come back later. It's the multiverse. <laughs> Anybody could come back. So, staying on the topic of Marvel and Disney, have you heard of the theory that Simba is actually the villain of Lion King? What kind of statement is that? Okay, so I saw a Reddit post, and we know in the Lion King, after Mufasa dies and after Simba leaves Pride Rock, there's a huge drought for years. But there's a theory that Simba is the one that caused the drought. How would he do that? So, when the kings of Pride Rock die, we see that they actually live on in the clouds because we see that Mufasa visits Simba and talks to him while he's spending his life in the rainforest, which is somewhere that always has rain and water. But after years of not being at Pride Rock, we see when Simba returns, the clouds follow him from the rainforest. And we see that it literally starts to rain right after Simba beats Scar because the clouds always follow the rightful king. So Simba basically made Pride Rock suffer. Someone should have taught Simba. His dad should have taught him like, hey, the clouds go where you go. Yeah, but maybe he didn't think that he was going to die so soon. So he didn't teach him. That would have been lesson number one. Son, if you want your village to succeed, stay with them because the clouds follow you. But remember when you think about it, when Mufasa died, right? Kind of, Simba was kind of just like left out in the desert and then Timon and Pumbaa found him and like saved his life pretty much. True. So he didn't really have a choice. You know, he kind of like felt ashamed and he like felt it was his fault. So he just decided to take another life. I blame Mufasa. Mufasa's <laughs> wrong. Comment if you think Mufasa's wrong. But you see... He goes back and you see literally the clouds follow Simba back to Pride Rock. That's why in the, de in the night when he's talking to his father in the sky, he should say, son, get your butt home. The he did though. Oh, he, he did. Oh, he does? Yeah. Oh, okay. He tells him like, this is not who you are. You need to go back. Also, he should say, your, your mother's dying because there's no water. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> you, better, you better gallop a little faster. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, it's interesting, right? Right after he beats Scar and the rightful king returns, it starts to rain again. And then it literally blossoms back into what it was before Mufasa died. Think about this. How many animals had to die? How many animals had to die in the meantime because there's no water, though? Right. Think of how many people Simba killed. Simba. Not okay. Do better, Simba. That'll teach you to never leave your home again. <laughs> okay, moving on to advice. 
to save your life. Wait, what? Do you know which airplane seat actually gives you the best chance to survive in an airplane crash? Okay, I've always kind of wondered this. So scientists did a test and they put like sensors in an airplane and they put a bunch of crash dummies and they flew a real Boeing 727 airplane and they crashed it on purpose. And they wanted to see which seat was actually the safest seat to be in during an airplane crash. I always thought that there would be no survivors on a plane crash. No, so what scientists found that if you're sitting in the rows from one to seven, there is no chance of surviving. So if you're sitting in the front of the plane, you will die at impact but they found if you sat in the middle of the plane that you will most likely only suffer like a sprained ankle or a broken ankle but what's crazy is that they found that people that sit in the back of the plane always survive like you will be able to walk away from the plane crash with like no injuries or very minimal injuries at all okay i'd never want to fly first class yeah think about this it sucks to sit in the back right you're the last one on the airplane but hey if there's a crash you're the first one to get off the airplane that's true because that's crazy yeah keep that in mind you get put in the back of the plane hey at least you'll walk away from the plane crash. That makes you think, is first class really worth it? You know what I mean? Not after if it's going to crash. Right. That's kind of scary. Yeah. You want some like cheap microwave food or do you want to be able to survive? Okay. So speaking of cheap food, there's a crazy social experiment. About cheap food? <laughs> yeah. So did you see how Burger King exposed a bunch of fake friends? Burger King. Yeah. So Burger King had this promotion and they called it the Whopper Sacrifice. And in this entire promotion, everybody had to delete. 10 of their friends off their social media accounts. And in return, they would get a free Whopper. And keep in mind, a Whopper is only $5. So you lose some friends for a free burger. Yeah, but what's crazy about this experiment is that when people would delete their friends, their friends that they just deleted would get a notification and it would tell them, you're only worth one-tenth of a Whopper. And they would tell them that their friend deleted them. And after this experiment was over, they found that over 234,000 friends were deleted. Dude, that's messed up. Could you imagine losing a friend for a burger? right yeah screw them screw them yeah and then you get a notification saying you're worth one tenth of a whopper yeah that's pretty uh that's brutal okay so moving on do you know the rarest month to be born in no as we all know everyone is unique but some people are actually considered rare because like scientists were able to record like everyone that has lived and people that are living and they found which birth month is the most rare to be born in and which one is the most common all i know is november is never rare for anything yeah before i tell you the most rare months to be born in i'll tell you the most common so the fifth most common birth month to be born in is actually july the fourth most common is august the third most common is march and the second most common is october and the most common month with the most people born in it is actually September. Okay, I do feel like I know a lot of people born in September. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you the most rare months to be born in, like the super rarest. So the fifth most rare birth month to be born in is actually November, and the fourth is actually January. The third most rare is April, and the second most rare birth month is December. And the month that has hardly any people born in it is actually February. I feel like I only have one friend born in February. Yeah, it's weird how like out of all the months of the whole year february is like the only month that has like the least amount of births yeah it's so strange you would think like it'd be constant like every month with the population we have it'd be like constant like it wouldn't really make a difference right but there's like an obvious like decline in february that's kind of weird yeah okay so going back to crazy news have you seen the lady that played the violin during her brain surgery wait what she's like playing like while she's on the operating table yeah so this lady named dagmar turner was an opera violin player and she's been playing violin like her whole life but she found that she had a tumor on her brain and she needed surgery to remove it but she was afraid that the surgery would affect her ability to play the violin because the tumor was on the part of her brain that would affect her left hand movements that is so scary yeah but what's crazy is the doctors had dagmar play the violin during her surgery so they're working on her brain while she's playing the violin and they did this so they wouldn't damage the part of her brain that allows her left hand to move so precisely 
nicely. So she literally played the violin her entire surgery and it went 100% successful. I had no idea that's even possible. Right? It's pretty crazy. To play violin, you're awake and they're working on your brain. What happens if like when she's doing, like she's playing, she bumps someone like, you know, and then they screw up or something. Right. But there's actually footage of it and she's playing and you could see like they're behind a sheet and her head is like on the other side and they're like trying to take out the tumor while she's just playing. Oh my gosh. So if she started playing bad, they would obviously said, oh, let's stop. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they would have done. Like, what does that do though? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when they start to notice a decline in her playing, is it too late? Like, is it done? I wonder if they were studying her brain, like which part, this part of the brain is working right now. So we can't touch this part, you know, while she's playing, they wanted to see exactly where that spot was that was working. Oh, I see what you mean. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like that muscle's moving. So let's not avoid, we'll avoid that area. Yeah. Uh, got it. Okay, so on to the next. Do you know the real reason we wear wedding rings on our left hand? No. Okay, so back in the times of ancient Rome, they said that only on your left hand and your fourth finger, which is your ring finger, there was a vein that would go from your fourth finger all the way to your heart. And they called this the love vein because they believed that the heart was the center of emotions. And that's why we wear our rings on our left hand on the fourth finger. That's really weird. I never even knew there was a meaning behind it. Yeah, but scientists actually proved this to be false and the vein doesn't exist. So ever since then, we've been doing it but we've been doing it for no reason. That's so weird. Right? I never questioned that. I never questioned why it's only this finger we put the ring finger or we put the ring on. And it's always the left hand. It's always the left hand. Oh, wow. That's weird. Because they didn't believe it was like the vein was on both hands. It was just the left hand on this finger. And they thought that vein like actually traveled to the heart. Yeah. And then and they, they find out it's not there. Yeah. And they thought the heart was the center of emotions. Oh, like they actually thought that your heart was a, a muscle that major emotions happen yeah and ever since then we've just been doing it oh my gosh <laughs> i wonder how many years they thought that for everyone's like trying to they start like making these like metal braces for your fourth finger like protect your fourth finger is yeah. very important <laughs> you're gonna be heartless if you lose it okay so this part of the podcast is called who side you on with leia hey so get ready and let us know who you feel is right and who you feel is wrong because there's some really weird people out there different different but different <laughs> is good because if we all were the same we would all be robots and boring and we wouldn't have anything to talk about so thank you <laughs> am i wrong for sleeping naked on top of the covers to teach my roommate's girlfriend a lesson whoa <laughs> so i 21 year old guy live with my childhood best friend 22 who's also a guy it's been two years now up until last week things were perfect between us however he recently got a girlfriend who's 23 years old and she honestly seems absolutely great except for one thing she seemingly has a complete aversion to knocking. She and I had quite a lot in common, and I actually like spending time with her. However, it bugs the hell out of me when she barges into my room without knocking first. Now she's never walked in on me doing anything. I'm usually just chilling on my bed studying at my desk. However, on at least seven occasions now, she's done it first thing in the morning to ask if I want coffee. I sleep naked. Every time prior to the last one, I've been under the covers and she hasn't seen anything. I always point out that she could have and she just giggles and says, but I didn't. When she stayed over last week in order to make my point, I intentionally slept on top of the cover. Sure enough, she barges in at 7 a.m., begins to ask if I want coffee and sees my you know what. <laughs> she pulled me aside and said I was way out of order, accused me of deliberately exposing myself and pointed out that I threatened to do it before. Yikes. I literally just said, okay, but what if I had no covers and you saw everything before? 
They're now framing this to others that I'm some sick creep who intentionally got naked and lay in front of her because that's how I get my rocks off. And I'm kind of seeing how it came off that way. Am I wrong for doing this? I just want some privacy. Whose side are you on? Oh, boy. (laughs) Okay. So. Okay. I just have to say this. I don't know if your parents used to do this when you were younger, but usually when they just want to talk to you, they come into your room. Your door's closed, right? They come into your room and they don't even knock. But like, you know, it kind of startles you because you're just like, whoa, because it's your room. It's your privacy, right? But you're not naked. No, I'm not naked, obviously. But like, I don't know. I just feel like knocking is just a polite thing to do, regardless if you're closed or you're not. I feel like especially in like a roommate situation, if they're not even family and this is not even his friend, it's the friend's girlfriend girlfriend, and she just barges into the room without knocking. Mm -hmm. It's really like that's really inappropriate. Rude. If someone did that to me, I'd be really pissed off. And and if he pays rent and that's his space of living, if he wants to sleep naked, he can sleep naked. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's that's his that's his own you know, privacy area where he can relax and feel comfortable in his home. It's not her right to be able to barge in like that. It was almost like she was asking for it. Yeah, it's almost like she wanted to. Mm -hmm. And now her boyfriend's upset. But, you know, she kind of set herself up. I think she was wrong. Yeah, she's probably wrong on many levels in the head. But (laughs) I think in this case, I think she's wrong because, like, that's his room. That's his that's his life. He wants to live that way, let him live that way. But if you enter his place of living, right, his space, it's not fair to him. Agreed. So, girl, you're crazy and you're wrong. <laughs> Your boyfriend should dump you. <laughs> okay, so now we're moving on. You have a story. All right, I got a story for you. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Whose side are you on? Is the writer wrong or right? Am I wrong for telling my son he deserved his girlfriend breaking up with him? What? That is some effed up parenting. (laughs) (laughs) So my son had a long distance girlfriend recently for about two years. She was great, a really nice girl, and we all loved her, welcomed her with open arms. She was flying here constantly to visit him, like a weekend or a month, and he didn't lift a finger to go visit her. I tried talking to him about it several times and told him he should really start looking into flying over to her instead of expecting her to do all the traveling. He said no. (laughs) And my wife probably had something to do with it, as she constantly told him she was afraid of him flying. I spoke to them both and said the girl is great for him. She was willing to move over to our country, too. Oh, country. Oh, my gosh. But said there was one condition, and that was he'd have to fly over to her country, too, which is fair enough. He said no again. (laughs) He didn't want to fly or travel anywhere. My son was becoming lazier and lazier, eventually telling his girlfriend and us that he was perfectly fine never traveling anywhere, including holidays, etc. Last week, he told us she dumped him. I went on her Facebook page, and as we're still friends, she wrote us an apology letter about how upset she is it didn't work out. But these things happen, so we're on good terms. I confessed to them both that I actually agree with her decision, and that he should have expected it. He didn't treat her properly, and I hope he learns his lesson for the next one, because he needs to make more of an effort. I said he deserves it for his lack of effort in the relationship and for essentially just allowing this girl to spend all her money and time coming here all the time. My wife and son are very upset that I said this. Very, very upset. And my wife says I'm being horrible. Was I wrong? I stand by what I said. Whose side are you on? Okay. He's right. (laughs) He's right. The dad's right. Yeah. The son, you need to get your stuff together. 
No E for effort even? Come on, oh, dude. Oh, E for effort. <laughs> Leia's a teacher, and she just hit him with the E for effort. Ghost, flip your card around. <laughs> red card. Red card Remember for that? you. Yeah, red card for you. Gosh. Okay, one, the mom should be, like, telling him that, you know, you should put some effort forward, right? Yeah. Because, like, I'm sure she didn't, like, do all the effort, like, for her husband. Mm-hmm. I'm sure, like, the husband obviously had some effort. That's why they got married. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. not like, but she's teaching him the total opposite, her son the total opposite. So it doesn't make sense because obviously, right, you got to have, it's like a 50-50 thing, you know? I think it's too, like, even though, like, yes, it's your child and, like, you may be a little bit biased about that, but I think the more importantly, it's, like, teaching your kids, like, having values and morals and, like, doing what's right. Even though, yes, he got his heart broken or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But come on, dude. <laughs> the dad's right. <laughs> the girl's spending all her money to come, like, fly to your country. Not, like, city. Not driving to your city or country. driving to your state. It's flying to your country. Yeah. So that's not cheap. No. And she, it seems like she tried everything she can to make it work. Yeah. But maybe she's crazy. <laughs> And that's why. Yeah, we just don't know. <laughs> He's just like, uh-uh, I'm yeah, not spending money to fly over to you. <laughs> Let's just put everything aside and just look at it this way. If the girl is putting forward effort and the boyfriend's not, even if the relationship was toxic, the boyfriend should have just ended it then. You know yeah. what I mean? But if you are in a relationship, you both should be trying no yeah. matter what, right? I'd fly over to your country and see ya. <laughs> right? Sure. Would right you? back at you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But I'm just saying, though, like, it, it's kind of unfortunate that the boy doesn't see that, like the kid. Yeah. That it should be mutually, you know. Yeah. It's a simple no. No. Nah. You're wrong, kid. <laughs> you probably won't find another girlfriend. <laughs> Maybe in the same country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> try that one. Maybe, yeah. Try same city. <laughs> and then it's a whole, like, who's paying for gas kind of thing. <laughs> All right. Whose side are you on? Is the writer wrong or right? Am I wrong for saying no to be a bridesmaid to my best friend for being engaged to my ex? Ooh. Ooh, I don't know about this one. So Jane, 29 female, and I, 29 female, have known each other since we were in middle and high school together. She went to college in California, and I went to college in Georgia. During college, Jane and I visited each other. She's younger than me, so I flew to LA for her 21st birthday, and we always met up when we were home, etc. My junior year, I met Kyle, senior at the time. After he graduated, he moved to New York City for a job. While I was not intending on staying on the East Coast, I ended up also moving to New York City, partially to be with him. Kyle decided he wanted a change of pace and wants to move to LA. We talked a lot about it. I said if we could just wait six months and move together since I just got promoted. He found a job and he moved to L.A. in May of that year instead of waiting. It's worth noting that Jane had moved to L.A. January of that year, so just a couple months. I'm not sure at what point Jane and Kyle get together. They were already familiar with each other because of all the times Jane had visited and the times when I brought Kyle home. Kyle and I started fighting a lot more. I was stressed and frustrated. That August, we broke up. Kyle and I kept talking and he decided he didn't like L.A. and was going to move back to New York City. Then COVID hits. I found out that Jane and Kyle may be together through friends. Oof. I asked Jane about it, and she said they were just hanging out a lot because he was still new and didn't have a lot of friends. Jane was constantly posting stories on Instagram, and they looked too close to just be friends. 
I didn't believe her. She kept saying they're just friends and I unfollowed both of them on Instagram and neither of them said anything. <laughs> Jane and I haven't really talked since everything happened. Now they're engaged. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jane asked me to be a bridesmaid and I said no. I felt it would be a little uncomfortable for me and I felt that Kyle had been stringing me along while he was in LA and I feel awkward that they weren't honest about it from the beginning. But Jane is saying I can bring my current boyfriend as my plus one and Kyle agreed with her. She and my sister both think I'm overreacting and should just say yes. Am I wrong for saying no? Whose side are you on? No, you're not wrong for saying no. Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's awkward. Yeah, super awkward. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, if I was... In that situation, I would just be like, yeah, I'm not going to deal with any of you guys. Yeah. Be like, I mean, happy, happy life. You know, I wish you the best, but it's okay. I'm just going to save myself from this one. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to be there for that. Yeah. Especially in the, in the whole wedding involved with it. Like, yeah, it's a little too close. Too close. A little weird. <laughs> Why would you even extend that invite to the person? One, if you guys know she unfollowed you both. Yeah. Right, you obviously know that she's not. She doesn't want to be close with you. Yeah. The last like, thing she's thinking is, "I want to be in their wedding." Yeah, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's so weird. I know. Anyways, Ryder, you are not wrong. You're not wrong. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, Leia. Thanks for uh for your crazy stories. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, if you made it this far in the podcast, thank you so much for watching. Also, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're new to the channel. We have some big announcements coming up. Um, soon if you ever want to be on the podcast let us know we have some thing coming out that we yeah. can't really talk about right now but if you want to be on it just stay tuned also um hit the like button if this video gets seven thousand likes we'll be giving away one of these hot toys to one of you guys so make sure you hit the like button comment something that you like about the podcast something about you like about the show whatever it may be also comment what you want us to talk about next week as you guys saw throughout this video we took your guys suggestions from last week and we talked about it this week so we'll see you guys tomorrow on TikTok, and we'll see you guys next Saturday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. See you on the TikTok. God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya.